You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And let's continue from this point. Uh, we were talking last night about dating, uh, but let's say you've already decided that you're going to be married. Uh, and now you decided she's pretty enough. Now what? So things change at this point. So Rav Karelitz actually has a lot to say about this. Let's take a look at what he writes. Kolzemuter, the whole idea of checking out the girl and making sure she's pretty enough is rakachi chlitu beneim Now they've decided. So now you have to be careful about this time. Even though technically she's your fiance. Even though she's your fiance, uh, Rav Karelitz feels Dina Kisha the Amalinyanza. Now you can't just meet her and check her out. And therefore, you can't say she's like a, a, a man looking at a wife when she's a Nida, because over there, you've had a relation with her. You've already been with her. You haven't, you've already, uh, uh, she's your wife, and you know, in a week or two, whatever it is, she'll be mutter. But over here, it's different. Therefore, um, you have to be more machmer during this period. Uh, Rav Karelitz goes on to quote, uh, in general, he says that, uh, what about, he says it's definitely true that they shouldn't be strangers with each other. Um, he says, Obviously now they're engaged, they're still somewhat strangers. And he doesn't deny, even from the B'nai Brak perspective, that they need to have a connection to each other. Right? They shouldn't be like strangers when they get married. He's not saying that. They shouldn't be like strangers. Therefore, So you're allowed to send her gifts because that's okay. You're allowed to send gifts to your, your fiancé. And it is important. He's not such a, uh, he isn't so naive to think that uh, these strangers can just start off. It is good to have a, a, a beautiful engagement period where gifts are sent. But he says, it's, it's got to, you have to know where to draw the limit. Then he quotes his uncle, the Chazonish. He says, my uncle, the, he doesn't call him his uncle here, but he calls him Maran, and that's the way in B'nai Brak they refer to the Chazanish as Maran, because in a way, he was the great teacher of Klau Yisrael uh, for them. And uh, I would say for me too, I mean, in a way, yeah, <laughs> the Chazanish. Anyway, the Chazanish quotes a Ramah, again, we were talking about, uh, we've been talking about the Ramah, Last night we saw the big Chiddush in Ebenezer, the Ramah describing what things were like in his time. The Ramah was describing the way things were in his time, and we saw a very, uh, <laughs> very unusual statement about bathhouses in that time. Uh, here's another interesting Ramah. The Ramah says... Rabbi Kivilevich? Yes. By the way, I remember in the olden days in Russia as well, there were bath attendants of both sexes, and they are the ones who were, you know, scratching you and, and giving you soap. <laughs> I told my wife that, and she was in complete shock. But it was a cultural thing that we can't even fathom at this point. But it was a very standard thing. 
In other words, you told you after we finished the shear yesterday, you spoke to your wife about the subject we were talking yeah. about. Yes, I did. Yeah, that's fine. We are trying to stir the pot up. You're right. And and this was the cultural thing that people, that they actually, uh, and they had, and the Ramah said that minig was to be mako. Here's another right. incredible, here's another incredible Ramah. Thank you, doctor. Another incredible Ramah. Okay. The Ramah says that we know that Chazal said, even if you're married, you're an Arusa, you're a Surah Labayla, Medivri Sofrim. So even if you're, even if you are, and he's talking about not an engaged girl, we're talking about an actual ish that she's your marriage, she's married to. But Chazal say it's also till chupa. So they can't even be misyachet with each other. Um, even and, and on this, Rav Karelit says, of course it's not real yichud. Of course it's also because if Chazal say you can't be with her. They mean you can't be with her. You can't. You can't. You can't be misyached with an ish arusa. That's according to this, uh, the tufa when Arison and Asuin were separate. But here, uh, the way Rav Karelitz is learning, the Ramah means they can't even be in a place she'ena rabbi mitzuyin. The Ramah goes on. This is all the Chazanish who quoted this Ramah. They shouldn't be living. Somewhere, I guess not in the same uh, room, <laughs> but it means they should not be living like in one part of the house and she's in a different part of the house or in the same area. Why? He says, I feel Even if they're engaged, they shouldn't have so much to do with each other. Why? Because he says, So the Chazanish took out from this principle that during dating, after they're engaged, when they see too much of each other, it actually doesn't lead to more love. In fact, you discover stuff that you, you wish you didn't know. So this was the Chazanisha's, uh, he found this Ramah that said, and therefore, and, and I have I have discovered, uh, with, not necessarily with myself, although I can tell you, my wife definitely, after we were engaged, she found out things about me she wasn't so crazy about. <laughs> and and I would say there's a lot of times that uh, this occurs uh, when we talk about long engagements, I'm not just talking about the sexual aspect, which is also something that needs to be uh, discussed, but just the fact that the overfamiliarity without the marriage, without the commitment in the marriage and the whole being already stuck, so to speak, in that situation, it could actually cause them to dislike each other. And that's why he's saying once they're engaged, uh, that needs to, uh, you should really limit the time that, that you're involved. Um, he, he, he quotes over here a very beautiful letter. I think it's on the next page. I'll get to that in a second. Um, he says, therefore, he says, you shouldn't have so many dates after the engagement. Uh, he also feels that pegishos uh, memushochos, long dates, and pegishos bishos mucharis balayla, or like it goes till two, three in the morning. 
those even if it's not that even if there's no yichud involved, there's all people around. He says, and also of course the places that you have the date. It should be a date that that, that Jewish boys and girls should go. Ain't look for pegishus b'malonot v'kedoma. But if you're going, and again, this is a B'nai Brock attitude, but I, I, I understand what that is. You don't want to necessarily just go to a hotel, hotel lobby, because hotel lobbies, he says, it isn't the greatest place to be. There are no shemprutzim, and therefore it is a problem. I want to read to you a little bit of his letter that he wrote to the Bochrim who are already engaged. And it sounds true to me. Take a look. Um, He wrote a kunter is called Teferis Chasanim. And he says, This is Rev Karelitz writing. I would like to explain what does it mean when you're in that engaged period. You already found who you're going to marry to. You don't have to go pay the mortgage yet. You don't have the, the, the bills to worry about. Who was mana muhshabiosir was masir for what? Lilimud. It's the best time to learn Tyra. <laughs> and since you know you're getting married, Lumad Allahamaisa. Do we learn some Allahs you haven't known yet? Allahs of how to run a Jewish home. Hilchas Nida, of course, but many Allahamaisa and things that you haven't done yet. Or Bechelke Atira Hachadoshimetzlo. Now that you're married, it's not just Noshim Nezika, Kodshim, other stuff. Now that you're in this period, you have to be ready to become the complete Talmud Chacham, the complete person, and learning things that you haven't learned yet. But he says, We know when you're engaged, there's definitely things that erupt, things that are new tests. And we know that the Yetzirah will try to tell you, oh, come on, you're already married already, fool around with her. It's okay. She's going to be your wife. You get to know each other. And we know that those type of things can because you feel guilty and because in, in many ways it haunts you for the rest of your life is what's what he says. Soros lasts for a long time. And again, I don't have to tell you stories. There are many, many stories of the most, from Hebra. But once they were engaged, they figured this is the honeymoon. It was better than the honeymoon. And that, of course, ends up, in a way, as he says, causing Tsaris even past the wedding. Because the, 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 the couple feel guilty. The couple feel that the problems that, that happened to them afterwards was because they were fooling around before. So what should you do now that you're engaged? Say, I want to learn. I want to keep aloha l'kayim. And obviously, you can date during that period. But remember, she's still not your wife. And therefore, he says, try to use the period of the engagement. And this way, once you get married, you start having this incredible period where you were learning, and al pitera b'chol drochov. We know. Yes. I must. It's actually a very good time for that. I agree because now a lot of the pressures, you know, to be, you know, to have an image, 
right, to get right. a shidduch is off. You kind of found somebody, and then, let's say the wedding is planned, you planned, you kind of, I, I remember feeling very much at peace and really learning uh, Gishmak. Right. I, I was actually learning. It was a very good time. I perfectly agree. The, a lot of the pressures are gone of single life or of getting the right person. You are with the right person. And, you know, when the time is, that, that's how I felt. I'm just sharing with you. No, no. I think, again, and therefore, I'm happy you said that, doctor, because otherwise people say, look, the guy's so from, this is just a bunch of from kite. There's a lot of, of good common sense in this from kite. It is from kite. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's yeah. also, but I think it's also a lot of good common sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, I wanted to say a couple more things here uh, from uh, Rav Karelitz. Uh We talked the other day. We also yesterday we talked about the bathhouses. <laughs> so I just want to um, bring out something here. Um, He writes here, we talked about limiting your, your interaction with married women or women that you're also with. He quotes here, again, I think something important. We know Chazal say, do not accept this type of uh, uh, closeness, this intimacy from a woman who you're not married to. Rav Karevitz writes, there's something that we've picked up from the non-Jewish world. And what's that? Sheba Misradim, in offices, v'kedome, she'isha ozeris bekviyas l'menahel. That there's always a woman secretary who's helping the head of the office. He says, why? Why did it become that way? Clearly, it's because that's the way it was in the secular world. They can do typing. They can do. Uh, uh, they can do shorthand. The idea was okay. So now a from woman is there in the yeshiva world, in the yeshiva office. Forget about the yeshiva office. In the business, this was something Rav Karelitz and many of the people they brought felt. Why? And he says, and he, he writes a very strong lashon here. Obevadai. Now, now let me just say before I read it to you. Clearly, we need to find parnosa for people for men and women. Uh, however, the idea that, you know, why not? Why not take this married woman and, and have her uh, or, or young girl uh, be your secretary? He says, Lachora, it, it causes a lot of interactions between the married men who work in the office and her, which aren't, and what's, you don't think there's a guy out there who could do the same job? If, if this would have been the custom in Chazal's time, that you would have women secretaries, he says, Rav Karelet says, you can bet that Chazal would have spoken about it. And we can't do anything now, he says. But he says, you should probably, if you're a, a girl, probably not, he says, if you can, don't work in such a place um, where there are men and women together in the same room. And obviously, they have situations set up where the woman is in a completely different office, uh, even a deer shoe that I used to work for. Okay, that's something different. But where the office is built on the interaction 
uh, between the men and women going on, the women secretaries and stuff, as you can know, is that he feels that is something uh, that that has crept into the Jewish world, but it's something that al-pi'alocha really should probably be uh, banned. Um, I want to just uh, do a couple more things from Rev Karelitz here. We talked yesterday about um, how to say good morning and how to say hello and things of that nature. Um, let's now speak about um, something that comes up here. Okay. What about if it's not about you need to get, you, there needs to be interaction, and we know it's not about love. It's not about trying to get uh, a relationship. Here's the question. Um, this is the Beis Yosef quoting the Ramban. The husband is a doctor. His wife is Anita. He wants to check her heartbeat. So the, the Ramban says, from Sadeshan, Beis Yosef quoting them, that the husband should not do that. Now, if there are, obviously she needs to be checked. There are no other doctors. So then it's Pikuach Nefesh. But the Beis Yosef says it might be, the reason the Ramban is Mako is because the Ramban holds anyway that touching Anida is not Osir Minatora. There's a famous Machlekas Rambam and Ramban. Is the is hugging and kissing uh, one of the Arayas in Isra Daraisa? According to the Rambam, yes. According to the Ramban, no. The Ramban says when when it says Elisha Benida Lesikravu Lagalis Ervosa, Lesikravu doesn't mean foreplay or touching. Lesikravu means it's another, it's a euphemistic term for actual sexual activity, actual coitus. Whereas the, that's what the Ramban says. The Rambam says it means any sort of hugging and kissing. So this is a very important machlekas between the Rambam and the Ramban. So the, the same self Ramban said that, that a, a doctor, and both of them were doctors, by the way, both the Rambam and the Ramban were doctors. The Ramban says that if there's no other doctor, if you can get another doctor, then you shouldn't treat your wife when she is Anita. So it sounds like if there isn't any other doctor, you could treat her. So um, the Beis Yosef, I'm, this is not this is not uh, Karelitz talking. He says, according to the Rambam, that Negias Erev is Oster So it could be, even though it's Pikuach Nefesh, it's possible that that's called, and this is a special din, uh, I know some of you out there have learned these sugyas, it's called Abizrayu de Gili Arayas, that it's like an extension of Gili Arayas, and Bikuach Nefesh might not apply in such a case. That's Tzorech Iyun, that's the suffix of the Beis Yosef. According to the Ramban, it, you definitely, a, a, a husband can treat his wife, uh, if there's a, uh, especially if there's a chance, if there's an issue of, of a life or death situation, he could definitely be treating her. But anyway, 
what does Rav Karelitz take out of this? Rav Karelitz takes out of it. He says, he, why did the why did the Yosef say it's totally in the Machlokes, the Rambam and the Ramban? Meaning, according to the Rambam, this might be considered Arias. But come on, you're not trying to fool around with her. You're trying to hear her heartbeat to know what medicine she needs. Yeah, okay. So you're actually putting your hand on her on her chest, but you're only doing that so you can hear her heart. So you can hear it and feel what's going on. You're not trying to, this is not a way to have relations with her. So what, why did the Beis say, according, it's called, it's called Abizrayu Darayas. <laughs> the activity you're involved in is an activity of, of trying to cure her. In fact, Rav Karevitz quotes the Shach that says, even the Rambam who says it is Usr to Midat Torah, to, uh, to, to hug and kiss and, and caress one of the Arias, that's only derachibas bia. That's only if it's a foreplay. But if it's based on, and the Shach disagrees with the Beis Yosef, the, the Shach says, This is something that happens all the time. Jewish doctors have a, have a right to touch intimately a woman that they're treating because it's not about intimacy. It's about being able to, to help them. Even though, the Shach says, In other words, they don't have to say, okay, you know what, I want to I use, uh, I'm going to let, uh, uh, I'm gonna let uh, uh, Dr. Fusco treat you, okay, because I can't treat you. I'm uh, Dr. Schwartz, I can't treat you. No. Even if there are, of course, that's another Shiloh at Ava. But even if it wouldn't be a Shiloh of Ava, that you could easily have Dr. Fusco treat, uh, you know, Mrs. Uh, Dorothy Lamore who comes in. Still, there's nothing a, 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 a Jewish doctor can treat her because this is not touching in a way of Chiva. And he says, If you're a chiropractor, whatever it is, that's what the Shach tells us. Now, um, the Shulchan Aruch, however, sticks to his guns. The Shulchan Aruch says that if the husband is a doctor, he should not treat his wife unless it is a, a, a sakana. Now, the um, so first of all, <laughs> he doesn't say that you should get, get a non-Jewish doctor. He says, if there's other doctors, so what's the difference? If there's another Jewish doctor, the other Jewish doctor is treating an Ashish Ish. He's treating Anita. She, she's treating Ashish. Why is it better for an, another doctor to treat her? So he says, Rav Karevitz wants to say, Really, the Beis Yosef understands, and so does the Ramban, that if this is your profession, you've seen a hundred bodies like this. And therefore, you know what you're doing. You're just trying to feel her heart. You're trying to see what sort of medicine to give her. But a husband, even though he's a doctor, and he has seen a hundred bodies just like that, but he also has seen her body, and he's seen her body in a sensual way. So therefore, even though he's doing his job, 
So therefore, and again, that's the Svar of Karelitz is saying, and I think it makes sense. Obviously, if she's dying, he's not interested. But if it's a question of treating her and she's not a Sakana, so you never know those if there's another doctor available, that's the psak of the Beis Yosef. The Shach seems to feel the way, uh, from what I understand, that you don't have to, I'm not sure he didn't talk about a, a woman in Anita, but it sounds like, according to the Shach, it might not be a problem. Um, on this note, the, uh, the Rav Karelit says that let's say you need to pick a doctor. Okay? So he says, if a man is going to a doctor, should he pick specifically a male doctor or a female doctor? So he says, if you're a man, and when you go to this female doctor, if you can feel some that this, uh-oh, she's very pretty, she's a, an attractive woman, so, it, obviously, you, need, you can't just say, well, she's my doctor. You need to be honest with yourself. If, if there is a sense of attraction to her, so it isn't so kosher. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to have an affair with her. <laughs> and, but you might fantasize about having an affair with her. So therefore, that's what you have to be. Also, he says, there are doctors, unfortunately, many Jewish doctors, that act in a preachistic way. Uh, they, they make bad jokes. Um, especially, they try to get a rise if they're at a from people. So he says, that definitely shouldn't be done. Um, now, he says, what you could do is, if the husband comes in with her, so uh, that might be an etza. In other words, if a, if a woman is going to a doctor, and the doctor is sort of one of these loose gentlemen, but that's the doctor you've been assigned to from insurance, so possibly if you bring your husband, things might be a little bit better. He says, he says the question comes up a lot. Um, If it's not a question of getting the best doctor, a woman should try to get uh, a, a female doctor if possible. In terms of dentists, that we know in many dentists, the hygienists are women. That's almost predominantly. Uh, the dentist will come in and do the drilling, but the woman will do the cleaning, uh, et cetera, et cetera. He says that he doesn't think is a problem. Because over there, in dentistry, it's not like a doctor who says, take off your clothing, I want to check your pulse, I want to check your adenoids. <laughs> over there, they're not touching uh, your body. Sometimes, uh, you know, accidentally, she swipes against you, but that wouldn't be an issue in terms of dentistry. In terms of uh, getting your blood pressure taken uh, and having to find the, va- the vein, here he thinks that it's a little bit different than a dental hygienist. And uh, he says here he feels yesh And it really depends who you are. Uh, I happen to go to my doctor. I hate, first of all, I don't think she's attractive. And I hate her. <laughs> the woman who always takes my blood pressure, I hate her guts. I love my doctor. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to see him next. But the woman that he has there that works there, I can't stand. So um, I have no hero by her. So uh, even though taking blood pressure is sometimes this, he says that that would not be Osir Minadin. Um, what about the fact that you could actually, you have your choice. 
What about if you have your choice between two doctors? And the insurance says, and they're exactly the same. In other words, you didn't, the, the girl, the woman doctor, uh, did not get a, a better rating on, on vitals. But you choose her anyway. <laughs> in other words, you, there are two doctors. Uh, you know, they have the male and the female doctor, and you, 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 you put yourself up. <laughs> he says, what's going on? You're like a Russia. It's like there were, you could have, it's like you, you just, like the Gemara says, there's two ways to go. And one way takes you uh, past where the women are, um, are, are, are picking up their, 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 their trousers, or, you know, their, their, their dresses and, and washing. And the other one, you're not going to see them. So the Gemara says, yeah, even though those are two ways to go, and one way is shorter than the other, why do you have to take the path? It takes you where the women stand by, by the river, uh, washing their clothes and lifting up their skirts. It's the same thing here. You, you have a choice. Insurance gives you a choice of two doctors. A from Jew, a from man, Rav Karelit says, should take a male doctor. Um, that he feels is the halacha. Um, now, let's say, let's end with something nice. <laughs> Not that this hasn't been nice. What about a little girl who's asking you to help her cross the road? So there he says, you, de- you can give her your hand and help her across the road. However, if she's already a little bit of an older girl, well, you don't want to turn it into a sexual encounter. So what should you do? You don't want to say, no, I can't take you. But she's asking for help to cross the street. He says, yitvos bidash bigadeha. In other words, don't give her your hand, but hold on to like something that is like hanging from her and grasp that in order to take her across the street. But these are the Hanhogas of Kedusha from Rav Nisan Karelitz. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.